Welcome to the Making Laps Podcast. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Making Laps Podcast. I am your host, Brent Gleason. Alongside me, as usual, is my co-host and brother, Jesse Gleason. Hello, everyone. And with us on the line yet again, somehow hanging in there, is Florida Connection, Phil Jakes. (laughs) I like this new one. Oh my! My wife <laughs> do, would be do so Do I get proud. to rate these too? Sure. Well, why not? Sure. Why not? Cheesy '80s rock. Rap, it's not really rock. Whatever it is. Uh, that was hip hop. It was. Wham. I don't know. It's crap. It's wham. The three point four. Not Phil's thing. Are you wishing no. that George Michael got AIDS instead of Freddie Mercury? <laughs> wow. Tough, yeah. Tough crowd. <laughs> That's. Kind of a tough question. Tough crowd. Hey, goodbye, everyone. Thank you for listening. No, no, it's okay. I got another song for Phil if he'd like to hear it. Oh, why? What what about him? Oh, no problem. We can just play it. There we go. (laughs) That's an inside joke. (laughs) Okay, that's enough. Yeah, that's enough. That's just an inside joke. I thought he'd appreciate it on the show, even oh, if Jesus. <laughs> oh Christ! We usually start these episodes off with personal updates, and uh, I'm kind of bereft of those updates right now because uh, not a heck of a lot's going on. Uh, we are kind of in that lull period up north, where not a heck of a lot happens between the icebreaker and everyone else starting up, and everyone else is not entirely us. And so. Brent doesn't have another race until. June. June. So expect a couple months of boring content. That's months with a plural. Yeah, plural months, apparently. Oh, boy. There's a possibility I could be on track two more times before you get on track again. Probably. So so says your doctor. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. No chicken wings. That clogs that shit. That's okay. It was an air fryer, so it's not as bad. I cooked them in the air fryer. It's good. It's wannabe frying. That's like non-alcoholic they, beer. They were green fresh, whatever brand that is, organic chicken wings, which I thought chicken wings were organic already. They come from an organism. How much yeah. more organic can they possibly be? Yeah. I don't understand that. Like, how do you how do you quantify what's organic and what's not? Is there a thing? Right. If it's, do they grass feed the chicken like they do the cows? They don't eat grass. <laughs> is the chicken made I know, out of metal? That's the point. Yes, is the chicken false? Is it made of like Is it made of wood or metal? Yeah. No. Is it test tube chicken? Is it made like of KFC. chemicals? Still... I mean they don't put they don't put like hormones or shit in them anymore anyway, because I don't know. I, I this isn't farming today. This is racing talk. So anyway, uh I finally pulled the lid off the car to look at it after the race because obviously there's still a lot of stuff wrong. And uh, I didn't see anything loose or broken or anything, so there goes that idea. I guess I got to dig through it a little further. I'm going to have to go through, like, the whole suspension. I got to go through front, rear. I have to figure out why 
conventional wisdom doesn't seem to work with what I'm doing. Does that make sense? Like I read articles from reputable people about car setup and I'm like, am I just stupid? Like, what am I doing wrong? And everything that they say to fix what's wrong with my car, I did and it didn't work. So like, am I just overdoing it? Like, I don't, I don't get it. You know, I don't know what's going on here. So I'm really kind of worried that the car is just so far gone that nothing I do is going to fix it. You're going to need to take a flashlight, a black ski mask, your notepad, uh, some rubber gloves, Mm. and some break-in tools and break into the fanning shop and take some measurements and figure out how he's going so fast. That's where (laughs) it's at now is clandestine clandestine spy warfare. I'll go in Scott's shop. You hear see his freaking <laughs> times in practice and heat race? Holy shit. Yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, we got to do a lot of work to figure out what the hell's going wrong. Uh, I still want to keep measuring the car to make sure it's straight. I know that I can keep uh, measurements and, you know, just better notes. I got to just take better notes. That's all. I mean, I went back and looked through my notes from the last two years, and I'm like, wow, I'd really suck at this again. I don't know why I'm not keeping details. And, you know, after the races, I used to take the car in the shop and sit there for like an hour and write my notebook about the whole night and say, okay, the car did this at practice, this in qualifying, this in the feature. And I don't do that anymore for some reason. I don't know why. And so I'm going back and looking through my, my notebooks to see what setups work and stuff. And I can't tell because I didn't take good enough notes. So now that's coming back to bite me in the ass. And all the notes that I took that were really detailed were from a setup that I don't run anymore. So it's like uh, you be a better student well, of the game. I, I see a pattern there. Yeah, me too. It's very similar to how I do it. The more frustrated you get, the less notes you take. The better you run, the more notes you take. I know. I'm starting to take notes again. I I went back in the shop and wrote everything down. I did take pictures on my phone, so I transferred those over and. I did take some notes in a different notebook than what my setup book is. So I went through and I, I like put all that down and I'm starting to take notes again, but man, like I said, it feels like conventional wisdom just doesn't work anymore. And that's got me really confused and I don't really know where to go next. And that's the problem. So unconventional wisdom. Yeah. I tried that too. And that didn't seem to work either. So it's like, well, okay. Um, now I'm really, really floundering. I mean, I'm I'm reaching out to people finally, but man, it's uh like getting blood from a stone. People don't want to give that shit up. So well, they worked hard for it, so they I don't blame it's, them for keeping it under wraps. Yeah, I mean, I'm I worked hard for it too for a long time, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work anymore, and I'm like, well, now what the hell do I do? I think so. it's just going to be a matter of eventually you're going to, kind of like me with my car, eventually you're going to find what it wants, and then you'll be able to hone that in. But now it's such a different car from what you had, you're basically at square one again. More than likely, yes. I think you should take it to Waterford when they have Thursday practice. I Do thought you were going to say Waterman. <laughs> I don't think they I don't think they'd help me out. You can't afford that. that setup. I don't think they'd help me out that much and I don't think I can afford Bob Phil setup either from what I've heard so um I guess I'm yeah, still He sounds on, quite pricey. I was told a number and I said, "Well, I can't afford that." So I'm like, "Well, I guess I'm on my own again." So, yeah, we're kind of in the point where 
we just got to go back to square one and uh, just, I don't know, man. It's just a tough deal. We're kind of just stuck right now. I just, I need to reconvince myself that the car is straight. So we're going to start there. And then I need to reconvince myself that what I'm doing with like making sure the suspension is free, you know, all the basic stuff that that's good too. And it's just, maybe I'm driving it wrong. Maybe I'm just doing one thing that really is just not working for the car that I keep overlooking. You know what I mean? Like I look at the base of my carburetor every race and I keep seeing like green stuff, like, you know, the dye from the racing fuel at the base of my carburetor. And I keep thinking that the carburetor base is leaking. So I keep taking it apart, cleaning the whole thing out, putting new gaskets in it. It costs me money to do that stuff. And so I go out the next race, I go out this past race and the car runs great. You know, it runs fine. But I see a whole bunch of that telltale sign that there's fuel leak around my carburetor. And I'm like, maybe it's something I'm overlooking. So I, I do run a fuel pressure gauge just to make sure, but it's under the hood, so I can't see it in the cockpit. And I look at where the green dye is, and it's like, well, this is, well, that's weird. It's kind of around the bottom of this fitting and then wraps around the back of the carburetor. What if I just delete this fitting? because it was kind of in line with my fuel line and the base of the carburetor, well, the in inlet of the carburetor. So I'm like, maybe that's my setup problem too. Maybe I'm just overlooking something that I do all the time and that just doesn't work because I never think about it. You know what I mean? It's just dumb stuff like that. But luckily I got a lot of time to go at least take a look at the car and see what I can do. Maybe I'll take it to Waterford and shake it down and see if I don't know, man. It's just weird. Yeah, a lot of times Waterford cars, for some, what used to be is that the Waterford setups actually what you translated actually pretty good to Thompson for some. Yeah, reason. all we used to do was just wedge it up a little bit for Thompson. Yeah, you know, we'd throw five Maybe. rounds at it and be done. Sometimes it depends on what you rolled out on the track. That's after. true. Yeah, that was way back in the yeah. day. That was like twenty years ago. I'm talking about. Back when we used to race Comanches instead of the. I know, which sound like boomers. We are yeah. boomers. Well, not that kind of boomer, I guess. We're just, what is it, geriatric uh, millennials? Zoomers. Jesse refuses to be called a millennial. I don't blame him. He was born in, you know, <laughs> almost <laughs> almost outside of the 1980s. So, <laughs> come on. Old Whatever. man. Yeah, join the club. My body hurts. <laughs> if I sleep wrong, it hurts. Yeah. Ain't that the truth. God, the other day I got up like I was helping my kid out and I like kneeled down to like move his seat on his little pedal car and I went to stand back up not happening I'm like ouch everything hurts like back knees hip ankles I can't stand up straight or my I get really dizzy it's like what is wrong with me I'm not even 40 yet <laughs> this sucks I've, I've known it I've noticed the older I get the more noises I make when I'm walking and bending down and trying to pick shit up and oh, whatnot God. yeah escaping play hockey for well over a decade and then do that no good, thanks good grief yeah play goalie as well that really messes you up i got popping hips now because of it so gross How about phil how's he doing yeah why don't we go with phil let's ask him are you feeling uh, better i spotted on saturday night for all of seven eighths of a lap <laughs> perfect what happened yeah, there what'd you do Went down to fun. Auburndale Speedway, the only mm. good speedway in the state right now, and uh, spotted for Matt Montaneri. Uh, that might be a familiar name to some people. In at, least a, uh, he's at least a Connecticut boy. He's 
yeah, he's run on the tour a little bit, run some modified stuff, some late model stuff. Um, but he rented uh, the RFD house car, Daniel's car, uh, for the Auburndale just regular weekly 50 lap race. Um, was really, really good in practice. Found a really good line. I coached him a little bit on what I knew about running that place, and he he picked up a couple tents really fast, and he sat p1 on the board for a while and eventually once a couple others went out with tires dropped down to fourth and thought we were gonna have a pretty good shot in qualifying and he just overdrove it not being used to the cars and knowing what the level of grip's gonna be for qualifying uh just kind of stepped on it for qualifying and ended up seventh which seventh isn't bad there was only 12 cars though so was this a sportsman car or the super sportsman car oh okay so it thunder fucked like crazy. I have not seen rain like that in a long time down here. It was uh, anybody that follows me on Facebook. I posted a picture. There was three, four inches of standing water in the pit area. So That's once that all load. finished, <laughs> yeah, once that all finished street stocks and crown Vicks went out and dried the track for us, thankfully. And they were able to get the show rolling. They, cut qualifying for all of the divisions and then moved us to the last race and we qualified directly before the race so that's another thing the track was completely different in in the nighttime than where he had been practicing as well um feature time came and he started ended up starting eighth actually on the top i think if if i remember correctly and just kind of started backing up the top was really really slick because they sprayed the sticky stuff down on the track yeah. Um, and that, I mean, it helps that place a lot, but mm. it just takes a while for it to really wear in. And it was super, super slick. So he was backing up, and I was just about to try and clear him be behind the 29 of Bobby Mobley. And he got free coming up off four, got down into the right rear of Bobby, unfortunately, turned Bobby into the wall, and it was a whole mess. Um, not a great situation. Both cars got torn up, unfortunately, but. Unfortunately, that that happens sometimes in racing. You, you make mistakes, and it is what it is. Um, hmm. So mistakes that hurt. was a very quick end to the night. Tim Sozio ended up finishing third in the sixteen, the other team car. So that was that was good for for that team, but just sucked to have a torn up race car at the end of the night for Daniel to take home and ha now have to fix and get ready for the Twin Fifties coming up here in a couple of weeks. Just remember that I, you know, Phil just talked about how much it rained there. Do you remember the time at Thompson that it poured so goddamn bad that there was a river flowing through our pit and we were making paper boats and throwing it in there? <laughs> wasn't that a, wasn't that in 2018 or 2019? Right before I left, I don't remember, but I thought we had the uh, big blue box truck, and I thought it was a little earlier than that. But yeah, I don't know, but I just remember that was an epic storm. I, I remember being at Thompson with you guys helping out one night, and you guys were cook, starting to cook on the grill, and all of a sudden, all hell broke loose. <laughs> yeah, yeah that was inside. a mess. All right. So, um, I guess Jesse's I update. Jesse, you got any updates? Big brown uh, box. Hmm? No. Okay. <laughs> no. no crate motor yet? No crate motor yet. I figured I'd ask. Yeah. Still working. The crate motor fairy didn't bring it for no. you. No. I'm not living well, I guess. Fair. 
why don't we move into the much anticipated second segment of this show? Because everybody loves the Darf comment of the week. I picked this one out early this week. There was plenty of them this week. God, there was a lot. But you know what? I picked one out really early. Like, I'm looking for what date I actually got it. It was Tuesday that I picked this one up. I didn't even wait for the races to happen this weekend. I just went for it because I said, you know what? This one's good enough. All right, so NASCAR is slowly kind of rolling out this deal where they have uh, the NASCAR 75 greatest drivers, right? Now, obviously, this is their 75th year. And 75 drivers, that's quite a lot, isn't it? You could have a huge list. I mean, Casey Kane's on that list, so. I already think I know which way you're going with this. I'm sure you do. <laughs> and you didn't even show me this week, so. I actually sent this to you on Tuesday. <laughs> I had to dig back through my Twitter uh, messages to go find this one. So NASCAR on Tuesday released this one. It says, a resume with nine NASCAR championships makes this legendary driver one of the all-time greats. Today, we add Mike Stefanik to the NASCAR 75 greatest drivers list. Hashtag NASCAR 75. Okay. Right? Yep. And there were a bunch of people who, <laughs> let's be fair, are complete idiots. And they're like, yeah, he was a good modified driver. Is he? They ain't from around here. They're like. They ain't from around here, no. Yeah, exactly. So it's like. I saw one person that was a complete idiot troll. This guy says, really, question mark? Uh, yeah, really. Enjoy your couch, pal. Um, <laughs> this person made a great comment. The amount of people shocked NASCAR runs more than the Cup Series is appalling. Um, or that don't know, I'm sorry. That don't know that they did run more than the Cup Series. Yep, sorry, I misread that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I'm just going to pick on one person. And it's this guy because of his replies. And I have no idea what the hell this name is. It's SSRM3YH3M724. And that's his Twitter handle as well. Bingo. Oh, no, I'm sorry. His Twitter handle is SM3YH3M724. No idea. You know what? Let me check his profile out. His cat walked across his keyboard. Oh, this guy's a real fucking winner. Um... So, <laughs> sorry. He says founder slash owner of S Shift Race Slap Shift Racing, apparently. And Forza Racer. Okay, you've already been discredited. Um Everybody knows iRacing is better. Yeah, it says JRL Bush F seven Cup and GFNC NASCAR champion. It's like, no, you have iRacing leagues or Forza leagues in your occasion. And um that's apparently all of your Twitter, and that's all you got for accolades. So anyway, he says, How? I get he was a good Whalen modified driver, but the dude never did anything in stock car racing at the cup level. So we is this... I'm reading it verbatim, by the way. So we is this ranking based on all of NASCAR, where series doesn't matter? Question mark. And he, he proceeds to get lambasted yes. by everybody, including us. 
by saying, yeah, it's the NASCAR 75, not NASCAR Cup 75. Other people chiming in saying, yeah, he's in the Hall of Fame for a reason, idiot. Uh, Nine-time modified champ, truck rookie of the year, won a Bush North championship the same season as a mod championship. Uh, By the way, he did it twice, I think. Back to Uh, back. Back to back. So he won four NASCAR Regional Touring Series championships in two years. years. (laughs) Um, For one of two to ever win nine NASCAR championships. So yeah, I'd say that sounds like one of the greatest ever. You know, you know the whole saying that we have here that racing is not merit based. Mike Stefanik is proof positive of that. The one time I think it was his first NASCAR Truck Series start. It was at Homestead. I think he top fived it. He was Truck Series Rookie of the Year. Yeah, he was. Yeah. But I think his first start was like the last race of the year, one season. Yeah. And uh, like he top fived the thing. I think he put it on the podium. I'd have to re. Uh, or look that up again, I'm sorry, but this guy wins the Darf comment of the week because he comes back after getting lambasted by everybody, and he says, crazy how many triggered people are coming at me, LOL. All I asked was what the list was based on after seeing he was put into it. You know, there's a thing called Google that exists. Well, there's also a thing called self-awareness. Also that, and uh, you could always ask questions before asking the public, you know, by reading Google or researching it for yourself. But when you put yourself on the internet and make yourself look stupid, you win our DARF comment of the week. And for you, good sir, maybe next time check it out first before opening your stupid mouth and and this type of thing won't happen. It's it's not funny if people think you're retarded. Yeah, it's not that funny to be a troll. I love this song. I'm so glad we added this. I'd honestly argue that the fanning belongs to the top. Can we also remember the fact that Mike Stefanik won NASCAR tour modified races in cars? He built himself. <laughs> That's I mean if, if if name another cup or name another cup caliber talent driver that was capable of doing that well into the two thousands. Mike was winning until he quit racing. Literally, he won Bristol like the year before he retired. He did that in the R Motorsports car. And he gave us one of the greatest internet memes of all time. It's fucking bullshit. Or it's bullshit, whatever it is. I can't remember what he said, but I like the the second. It's all bullshit. (laughs) It's all bullshit. It's just bullshit. Yeah. That was great. That was a great moment. Anyway, all right. It wasn't even poor Steve Park's fault. Yeah, well, it doesn't matter. Shouldn't have happened in the beginning. All right, I don't think we have any not so news, but I do believe we actually have a voicemail, Jess. I think I forgot. Yeah, I think I forgot to tell you. Oh, so we got to go pull that up real quick over at. Uh, by the way, if you want to leave your own voicemail, you can go over to Anchor.fm/slash Making Laps. It is owned by Spotify. Yes, so if it comes up as Spotify for podcasters or whatever the hell the case may be, you might have to make a Spotify profile in order to leave a voice message, but. Whatever. Spotify is pretty nice. I have it for listening to music and stuff, so it's pretty great. Anyway, I believe we have a short voicemail. What do we got? Hey, guys. Loving the fact that more people are starting to do this besides me. But uh, I know I shared it to Phil. But I don't know if you guys saw the pictures of the Jake Newman wreck at the High Limit series. Um, That's why Phil and I call sprint car racing a no thank you if we're ever offered. I saw that. Oh, the Jake Newman wreck? 
Yeah, that was that yeah. was brutal. That was a brutal one. Another one. It's yeah, it just goes along Ugh. with all the um, topics that we've been talking about with sprint car racing and all the injuries and all the other stuff that's been happening. They seem to be the last of the gladiators when it comes to short track racing, but not a lot keeps getting done about it. I mean, I don't know what you can do. I mean, other than put them in a bubble made out of styrofoam with a snorkel or whatever for them to breathe. Right. I've got I've got plenty of ideas, and it starts with the chassis. You got to widen the chassis. Yeah. Uh-oh. You don't have to take away from the sprint car look. Make it more like a silver crown car, where a silver crown car is kind of bigger and wider. True. Make it like that. All right? That's the first step. Because then you have you could probably have a little more of a crush zone around the driver, and they won't get hit as easily. Because a lot of the times their seat hits the wall, and that's a huge problem. Jeez. The other part is... Yeah, there's not a lot of I protection. I think the headrests are too rigid in those things because when those guys come down and their head smacks the inside of the headrest, where does their brain go? There needs to be something to slow down the momentum. And even if it's like keep the headrest intact as it is and add a memory foam type of material that literally sits up against your helmet so you can still move a little bit, but if you impact something, it's not just a snap. Yeah. Yeah, there's they a lot. They got to of... do stuff like that. Like it's common sense stuff to me. I think you can add a couple little halo bars around the head, kind of circular around it, to kind of make a like a like kind of a crush zone around the seat. Funny that car was, style cage, almost. Yeah, kind of a funny car style cage, like around the head. You know what I mean? You can add some bars around there to make sure it doesn't crush in. You can you can probably do some more stuff to maybe make the bar size big i don't really know what to do because i know that they're built differently to roll bars and <laughs> i don't know. yeah i mean it's it's, it's it's one of those things where those things just whip and and the whiplash effect is probably what's the most dangerous i think i think the wingless cars are even more dangerous because they don't have that big wing on top to crush the impact it does slow it down them. yeah it does work it's like bit. a big big aluminum pillow it's a giant crush yeah. panel above yeah. your head basically it's, Those things are brutal. It's something for engineers to figure out, and we are not really engineers. No. So it's kind of tough for us to yeah, really. But some come of the up best with. engineering things ever ever to go happen was from racers. Yeah. Like Bill Simpson. That's also true. Uh, so it's tough to call, but, you know, I really. Or Randy LaJoy, who also rightfully belongs in the 75. He is, actually. Correct. Yeah. I agree. He is, but a lot of people are like, who the fuck? Why is he there? Uh, he because he made because uh, he made contributions to the racing by not only he driving. Won a, he won a bunch of races, and championships, and uh, he was good at what he did. Yeah, and he also contributed to the safety aspect of racing by building superior quality seats to what existed at the time. And this, he's still the doing NASCAR it. The seventy five thing is great to me because it shows how many people don't know the history of the sport. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There's, yeah. There's a Thanks, because you just went after all these casual fans that have no fucking clue and got rid of your core audience. Yeah, that's a big problem as well. I mean, you've got this giant. I mean, seventy-five drivers is a pretty goddamn big list. I mean, how many champions has there been in Cup Series and in NASCAR in general? Well, yeah, there's a lot of different championships and a lot of different series. They had a lot of series. They had, yeah, know, they had, you know, the Grand American Series, and they had. Oh, and they had, uh, you know, the the Dash series, and they had uh, this series and that series, and some late model series. 
They did a lot of stuff. Late model sportsmen's and stuff like that. Yeah. They did a lot of stuff. So, I mean, it's tough to pick that many. I mean, like I said, Casey Kane made the list and like he didn't have much (laughs) of a, of a NASCAR career until he got into like Xfinity, which is Bush, I think. Right. And then he had a few cup wins and then kind of just bowed out of the sport. But I'm like, well, he won Indianapolis, yeah, and I think he won a couple other big races, but, like, he doesn't have that giant, you know, resume, and it's like, okay, I mean, 75, you got to pat it out eventually, but, you know, there's always room to argue, and I think we will eventually when uh, that list gets released completely, so I'm curious to see who else they come up with on that one. I'm just afraid of how how deep they're going to dig when they get to 100. That's a long. Let's, let's if, just, if NASCAR survives that long, the way it's going. Yeah, let's just see if they make it to a hundred at this point. Anyway, all right. So we got the listener voicemails out of the way. Uh, thanks for sending those in. I know Adam Gate is kind of leading the charge on that one, trying to get people to go. And thank you for your input. We appreciate it. Yeah, and he proves to everybody that yeah, we will play it. So feel free to call in again. We will uh, play whatever we get. Even if it's ridiculous, because I actually don't even check them beforehand. So we just kind of cold, uh, well, I almost said cold play them. But, yeah, that's kind of what it is. All right, so is it, have you guys seen this? I believe Jesse sent me this. It is uh, the NHSTRA, New Hampshire Short Track Racing Association. I think that's what the acronym stands for. Oh, yeah. I believe so, yeah. They are launching their own streaming service. And I know they have a bunch of tracks tied together up in the NHSTRA area, in the New Hampshire area. Um, I have a list of the pricing if you're interested in, uh, I forget what the hell it's called. The streaming service? Yeah, what was the streaming service called? But anyway, you can go look it up at the NHSTRA website. I appreciate that they're doing it, you know. I mean, it's Uh, not a bad idea. four tracks, right? It's at least four tracks. It might be more. I don't know. But uh, here's what it is. Okay, if you're looking for a live pay-per-view ticket for a single event, 15 bucks. All right, cool. If you want 24-hour delay before pay-per-view events, events are added, it says Vision Yearly Back Catalog. I don't know. I, I just clicked a screen cap on, <laughs> on my phone, so if these don't come out perfect, that's, you know, whatever. But, okay, that's 99 bucks yearly. Uh, and if you want all access live pay-per-view events, it is $199 a year. That's probably every single event, pay-per-view, whatever it the is. The whole shebang, man. The whole shebang, it's 200 bucks. Yeah. So. I think 200 is a little steep. Well, it kind of depends on how much you use it, right? If you are an avid fan and... You go to all the area tracks. How many tracks are there, Jess? Well, there's four. It features. It features Manadnock, Claremont, Lee, and Hudson. All right. Yeah. So there's four different tracks. One Saturday at what uh, time? Saturday at six here? for Manadnock. Fridays at Claremont was seven o'clock. Lee is at two, and then Hudson's are run on Sundays at two. All right. So that's that's. I guess all. you could reasonably watch them all in a weekend. Then. I mean, if I was if I lived up there. And I, and uh, you know, was involved a lot in the community. I probably justify it, but just like anything else with the free market, if they don't get enough, if it's too steep for people, the the demand goes down and the price goes down. If uh, 
if it goes up, then they did. It. If the demand goes up and it and it becomes a big hit, then hey, they did the right thing and and made the right price for that. It's. I mean, of, it's almost on par with Flow, so I guess it's all right. I just I think Flow's got their price point right. Yeah, it, it, they have a lot of. They have a deep viewership. Base. A lot of capital. Yeah. They yeah. can they can go for mass. Yeah, they have a lot of capital hey, I, invested in it. Mm-hmm. So, I appreciate the effort to get it going because I mean I don't ever get to watch those tracks. I love those tracks. Mm-hmm. There will be events so, where we're going to try this later where we're going to be watching it. Um, yeah, there might be something where you know fifteen bucks for that night's race. That's not a bad price. That's the price of a ticket. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Especially and, if we can't make it up there. Yeah, so. I mean i I might be taking part in this. You know, I don't so, I don't foresee paying the whole price for all of the races because. We don't typically cover that area, but there might be something of interest that I would want to watch. We can like, only watch so much. There's Pass race, so tri track, actor, something like that. Yeah, Thanks or much. like uh, Oktoberfest. I'd love to see that. Yeah, there's there's so, a lot of races to to watch. You can't watch everything. Yeah. So correct. Yeah. I will say, I'm sorry, Claremont. I will be watching Stafford on Friday nights. It's understandable. Because that's really what our base is, is kind of that area. But that's where we're from as that's, well. So That's our area of yeah, that's, operation. That's our interest level. I like Claremont. Have, don't get me wrong. So I, I hope Have you ever use. seen the shape of that track? It's wild. God, I'd love to race there. It looks so much fun. It's wild, yeah. Turn one is crazy. Three and four opens up a little bit. They did a lot of maintenance to that track, too. It looks a lot better than it used to. It's got a track sm- that was basically abandoned, I believe. Essentially, yeah, I believe it was. Hey, I hope I just hope everybody gets rich off of it, and I really do. I hope it, I hope for the cost that for whatever the cost it is that they make out positive on the end. Yeah, definitely. I hope so, and I know that it's probably as as long as you know somebody's going to complain about the service if it doesn't work per you know perfectly the first time out. But uh, I just hope that it is you know, good off the bat and that they can hit the ground running essentially. Ooh, that's a penalty. Sorry, we're watching the Bruins game. I just saw Woody posted something about a penalty shot. I was like, oh, shit, I forgot the game's on. Oh, he's watching the the, <laughs> the Cucks. The oh, Carolina yeah. Cucks. Carolina Cucks, love them. No, I don't. Bruins right. playing the Florida Kitty Cats. <laughs> I'm surprised they made the playoffs. Well... <laughs> They've been on a hot streak, and that's actually concerned me a little bit. Yeah, well, we'll see. Yeah, well, th- th- it's better it's better than Pittsburgh and, and the Capitals, who didn't make the show. Sorry, I'm Gata. Yeah, but could we we could also be like the Lightning in like 2019 when they had such a fantastic. I think that was their record season, and that we just crushed. <laughs> and yeah, they they got shut out in the first round. <laughs> Yeah, like I said, that would be our luck. President's Trophy curse, but it's happened before. Now Boston do. So I was clued into a little bit of information concerning Thompson that I didn't actually know about. And um, I was shown a comment on... Do you remember we talked about when Stephen Kopsik got DQ'd from his second-place finish at uh, the Icebreaker the first night? Well, apparently I'd missed this because... It was a comment posted by, well, let me get into it. It was a comment posted by Mark St. Hilaire, and he had, it was on Race Day CT, obviously, like I said. 
He posted, great job by Steven and his crew and car owner. It is very unfortunate that this has taken place. I take full responsibility for the disqualification. And I'm like, really? So I keep reading. He says, many teams in contact or many teams contact me in the offseason with questions on rules and regulations. This team was one of them. Current 2022 management, well, 23 now, obviously, explained the way they wanted carburetor tech to be performed because Steven got popped for a carburetor. And wait. And wait. Um, a few weeks before the Thompson racing season started, a decision was made to cut costs, and the technical director position was eliminated, which is what Mark's job was. Uh, let's see here. When my position was eliminated, I did not feel it was necessary to contact all competitors. Apparently, management decided for the first race to change the way they performed carburetor tech. So my apologies to any and all competitors affected by these changes at Thompson Speedway. I ask that competitors and spectators continue to race and enjoy this track. I ask that everyone thank Chris Mashad for keeping the oval track racing alive at this great venue as well. Again, my apologies to all parties involved in this Mark St. Hilaire. Now, personally, I don't feel like this is Mark's fault. I mean, when you get divorced, you, you still can't perform the same duties that you were when you were husband and wife. That that ship has sailed. Yeah, he, sorry. He feels like he should have damn thing. He feels like he should have contacted you know? because the information he gave people yeah, ended up being different than what um, it ended up being. But was it different in the rule book? That's my question. I don't know. I don't know either. You know, but hey, that, you know that's not his fault. That's not his problem. You know. But the pr- the thing is, is everybody else who had carburetor tech passed. Yeah. So I don't think it was really a matter of I mean, how do you how, do it different. I don't know how you do it different. Yeah, how do you do it different and figure out that that's you now still, something is illegal, whereas it wasn't before. If it's in the rule book, it's illegal. If it's not, then it's not. You, you, you know still what I mean? use the same gates for the Venturi's. Yeah. Still use the same this, that, and everything. I think Mark's just owning a little bit of guilt, but it's really not something that's kind of his thing. I, I don't know. Yeah. If you're to the rule book, you don't got to worry about it. Let's put it that way. So yeah. I figured I would just bring that up because that was brought to my attention, and it's something that I just I didn't realize and I didn't notice while I was there that there was a change in uh, personnel. Yeah. So... Oh well, it hey. it looked a little light when I walked or when I drove into the tech shed, but uh, you know sometimes people show up later. I don't, I don't know. I rolled right through after I went off the scale. So right, there was actually some local racing. I can call it local. We can, I suppose, this weekend. We and I really, it. honestly, I really wanted to go because I enjoyed it last year, even though we were participating. But just watching it was fun. You know what I mean? Even just watching it was fun. It's a fun event. It really is. This is the Northeast Classic. Yeah, we're talking about that up at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. This is the third time. Yeah, and I get the impression that there might be a fourth, so keep your eyes peeled next year for that. Probably because, let's be fair, car counts are up. So, I mean, except for minis, but the mini tour kind of dissolved. and There's a, there's a uh, transitional change. Yeah, there's, it's a little bit different now with those guys, but otherwise... There was pretty decent car counts all across the board. So, and then they're up a little bit, and you can't really blame them. So, all right, Northeast Classic, why don't we go through a couple talking points? It, it's here. one of those events that's not really meant for grandstands, if to be quite honest. I think it's one of those things that attracts competitors to it. It's like a drift event. People don't show up to watch it, you but don't they ex- show up 
to participate in it. Yeah, you don't expect a, much of a front gate, mm-hmm. and I think that's built in, built yeah, into the event. Which is, if you get anybody in the front gate, then it's all gravy. To be fair, if you you're know, a which fan, is cool, you know, if you're a fan, you should go to it anyway because if you sit in the right spot, you can see the whole racetrack without having any problems. Well, there's plenty and of great seating available. There's a lot of yep. They have concessions. I mean. It's even the ticket prices are pretty decent from what I've heard. You're not going to pay it too much. Like you're not going to pay an arm and a leg to go. So it was a good time. Like I said, New Hampshire Motor Speedway is fun. Anyway, we will go through some talking points. We were watching them earlier. I think we missed watching one race because we said, "All right." Well, I watched all of it, but Jesse watched all of it. I didn't get to see. Uh, I did pay. All I decided to pay for it from Racing Sk America, but I guess it was okay. okay. It's local. I don't care. Let's support them. Yeah. So we'll watch the uh, Mighty Mini Stock race first, and I do want to point out, we were kind of laughing because we were listening to the announcer. I forget his name, and he was the uh, he is the announcer for uh, Thunder Road, I believe. I forget his name, but bear with us. Um, <laughs> Goal. <laughs> oh, where? I didn't see it. Oh, we're, we may be on a delay, Brent. Oh, oh. you're on a delay. Yeah, I, I just, thought you were laughing at me fist pumping. I was. I'm like, I don't know what he's <laughs> celebrating me talking about the announcer for Thunder Road. I'm like, what's he talking about? Yeah. We're, no, we're, that was that was a that I'm, was a pretty one. I'm we're watching the are you watching the Bruins game? Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're well, we're kind of um We're watching it on pirated yeah. <laughs> NHLwebcast.com, which is which means that we don't pay Nesson dime for whatever it is yeah because uh no so, you can't afford that we're really far behind <laughs> probably so yeah i think we're probably if, if they did it on the power play then that's what we're watching right now again hockey talk yeah. welcome to hockey pa- talk guess what it's hockey had season. a nice rebound goal yeah. it's hockey seasons bear with us yeah i was sorry i'm just so yeah the mini stock race was up first oh yeah you're there right it was the- pretty good Anyway, <laughs> finally, um, <laughs> how long was that? Two minutes? Jeez, we're far behind. <laughs> there it is. It's nice to be ahead of you guys for once. No, jeez. So anyway, I was talking about the announcer for Thunder Road, and he was calling Eric Burgoyne's, uh, which we and Evan, and Evan Burgoyne's. He was calling them bourgeois, which we're like bourgeois. Isn't that kind of an insult? Well, it's technically supposed to be an insult, but it's it means in French like the middle class. Yeah, the bourgeoisie. Yeah, yeah, which is which is kind of weird. It's not it's not supposed to be an install. That's the middle <laughs> class, right? Aaron and Evan, middle class, right? Good job, guys. And we were like, why is he calling them that? Is he just not reading it? And we look it up on Google, and we're like, holy shit, it's spelled pretty much the same. <laughs> so we're gonna call those guys uh, bourgeois from now well, on. It's plural, so they're the bourgeoisie. Correct. Well, I mean, so they're French, clearly by the name, obviously, and. People in New England, right, my Mr. family included, because right, my last Mr. name Jacques. should be Jacques. Yeah, it should be Jacques, but we call it Jake's. So everybody in in New England seems to Americanize their last names. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like, called Anchor's Half of house. my family is Pelletier, but it's actually Pelletier. Like, there's so much... So well, much it, of that, so it doesn't surprise me that he came up with bourgeois. It's it, it's a phenomenon called Anglo Angloization, which we have we have two of those over here. Which is, I live near the border of a town called Versailles, which, which is should not be Versailles. Versailles. It's Versailles, and then there's the English <laughs> River that goes down through Norwich called the Thames River, and which should be the Thames. 
which it should be the Thames because the English are, don't even say it right. Well, they lost, so they get the so they get to, yes, they lost, so we it. get to rename it. It's like soccer when they lost to us in the World Cup that one year. It was soccer, not football. Right. So so good job for the bourgeois. So that, I'm like, this guy definitely lives in Upper Vermont. Near because the he probably border. deals with a lot of yeah French Canadians and he can actually say their name properly. Right, there's a lot so. of po- there's a lot of poutine <laughs> being slung around there. It just drips over the border. They're smuggling it in with Molson Canadians. All right, so yeah, I guess he's kind of not wrong. So we thought that was kind of amusing. All right, moving on. Uh, Nick Anderson and Emerson Kyer had a great battle for the lead until Kyer broke, like only five laps in. They were side-by-side side since the drop of the green. It was fun to watch. It was a classic battle of Ford versus Chevrolet versus Acura. Honda-ish, kind of. <laughs> so, that track really seems to put on some good racing for those types of cars, too. Well, it was really broken up into different sections because there was definitely the haves and the have-nots. Like, you could tell the old tour cars because they took off in the top five, and then from sixth on back, it was literally a bee's nest of like Thompson cars and Waterford cars and other different guys from around that just had what you could tell was inferior equipment to what was out there. Yeah. Um, but Anderson and uh, Cody LeBlanc, they broke away in first and second, had their own little race. And like I said, the battle was uh, all race long, was from sixth on back because that was, like I said, a complete bee's nest. It was fun to watch with the bourgeois. Uh Anderson and LeBlanc would lap up to fifth place, and it was hilarious to watch that Chevy oh four-banger absolutely honk past all the, the Thompson Chevy cars. to Acura <laughs> dicing through traffic. I think Nick actually gained some in traffic. Nick passed like eight cars in one straightaway. I swear it to was God. Two to go. It, yeah, he was just killing people with that Chevy. Like a rock. <laughs> You wouldn't think Chevy Four Banger would be that good, but God Almighty, it, it was hooked up, and it, I don't know. I wonder if they're flat footing it. Man, I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna get sued. <laughs> good. <laughs> no, you wouldn't think that. You know, Chevy four cylinders would be dominant, but Nicholas has that thing absolutely cranked you make it up. Run. There's a lot of diversity in the mini stocks with that. It's uh, yeah, the, the you can run anything and be all kind of competitive. You can run Fords, you can run Acuras and Chevys, and you know there probably used to be Volkswagen people. If you know, I wonder if they could run, so they probably broke all of them. Yeah, <laughs> the timing belts were all dry rot. Oh, so. just. Bad, bad times. So, anyway, um, yeah, I mean, LeBlanc would hang in there with his uh, Honda Acura or whatever. Um, I'm sure he's got something fun under the hood. But well, uh, let me tell you the difference why they were ha- why they were uh, the hat why they were so, why there was so much of a speed gap and the Mighty Mini Stock Series. You're allowed to run up to 2,540 cc's. That's a lot. You know, whereas the Thompson mini stocks that got la- that got blown away there, yeah, yeah, they could run up to twenty four hundred cc's, and min- the mighty mini stock tour can run variable valve timing and and VTEC yo with weight penalties, <laughs> and they can I believe run- the VTEC has to be the same lift in that cam lobe yes. as what the maximum is. So. Yeah, they have to do that, and they have to have a weight penalty, 
and they can run 12 to 1 compression. Jesus. Whereas the Thompson Minis, solid lifters, 10 to 1 compression. Yeah. No bullshit. You yeah, so you can really honk. Big. Yeah. And that car that uh, Nick Anderson ended up, he did end up winning, by the way, and LeBlanc finished second. But uh, that car, I believe, started life as a Cavalier at some point in its life, and I think it still has an Ecotech engine in it. The Ecotech was uh, like the Honda K-Series of its day. Uh, it was pretty interesting. They, they said they could really hop them up. They could get a lot of power out of such a little thing. Then the K-Series came along. It was a little bit better. You know, it was just, I don't know a lot about four cylinders anymore, but uh, they scratch-built that car, him and his dad, in their backyard, literally. Like, they, I saw pictures of it when they were originally building it, and it was literally the front subframe, the firewall, the rocker panels, and I think where the rear suspension, no, actually, I think they cut it in half and put tube. Yeah, as long as, <laughs> as long as you're not a half a quarter oil low on the on a VVT motor, yeah, then you're you're in real good shape. If you're I half even, a quart low, you might have to rebuild the whole thing. I don't know if um, it's a big deal. I don't think that the Ecotechs are even variable valve timing. To I'm be not honest, even with sure. You. Don't don't question. This is not you know. I was right before, but yeah, <laughs> I yeah. don't know about this. Yeah, I don't know. They're if they only are. half an engine to us. Correct. And uh, I was definitely talking with uh, Chris Garside about engines and mini stock stuff. I said, I'm glad I don't uh, race those grenades anymore. And he says, no, we got those new cranks. They're great now. And I said, yeah, and what's the cost? And he says, too much. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Uh, they're still more expensive than my 602 crate. And the 602 crate, oh, it is variable valve time? 2.2 it is. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. We got to ask Nick. Who knows? Maybe he locked it out. Maybe he doesn't have it. But anyway, um, they 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 really expensive. should. And Jesse's gonna hate this, so get the drop ready. They should go to a crate motor of like, some sort. Like what? <laughs> the Duratec motor. Or they could allow more um, diversity through rule changes and have other types of cars like Thunder Road does. No, I just mean for the Ford stuff. Or they could just get rid of them because they're antiquated. Oh, good. We need more taxi cabs that run single file. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that the Duratec engine would be a decent option for the uh, for the uh, the Mustang guys. It would be because those those motors are getting so out of hand, and they got to do something, keep... or it's gonna kill. That's why, like Thompson Mini Stocks, there's not a lot of those cars. Waterford, there's not a lot of those cars anymore. Well, they keep making them bigger. The engines keep going up. Now they're up to twenty five hundred cc's. I mean, well, that's only a, for the mighty minis. That's yeah, what I mean. they're only allowed they're up huge. to twenty four hundred. So, but yeah, with those, and, with, and the funny thing about it, Brent. Sorry to interrupt. Is when with uh, they could add weight penalties all they want. I mean, Danny Field had something figured out when Brent was running down. When Brent was running with him, he would win race after race after race. They kept putting weight penalty after weight penalty after weight penalty on him. And once some one guy figures it out, it didn't really matter because he's like, hey, they didn't tell me where to put the weight. I could put the weight wherever I want. And yep. he just kept winning races after race after race. I think he won race. like 13 of like 17 that year. Yeah. It was some incredible number. So, But, you know, if we could, I don't know. It's just that we're getting to a point where those engines, 
and I know I'm speaking out of line here because I haven't been in the division in about, you know, 10 years or so, but like it's, they're getting so to a point where they have to find parts. I mean, they're breaking parts. You know what I mean? They're, they're losing parts. You're, they're not, they haven't built them in 30 years, you know? So you got to buy aftermarket stuff like Esslinger stuff and, yeah, the Duratec or the Ecotech or Duratech or whatever the hell Ford Phil said, you know, it'd probably be the answer to go to if you're going to keep the rear-wheel drive car in line. We could go through. It's all essentially sorts of, a Ford Focus motor, anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I love having rear-wheel drive cars in mini stocks, and that's just uh, it's not my place. So it's kind of tough to go through, and I'd have to get a lot of uh, input from other people to try to get the division to come back. So It could be like down here where the mini stock division is all neons. It could be. Hang on a second. Let's push pause. Let's pause. Sorry about that. We had to take a break for a second. But, yeah, anyway, kudos to Nick Anderson. He went back-to-back at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. The little team that could wins two races at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. That's pretty badass. That is sweet. And the Andersons are very nice people. Nick is a nice dude. Dad's a nice dude. I miss racing against them in the minis, but I don't miss blowing up engines, which is exactly what we were talking about before. Anyway. All right. What the hell was next? I think I closed my notes. Anyway, Pass, I think, was next. Yeah, that would be this Pass Super Late Models. Pass was a really clean race. Yeah, I think there was... Super Late Models. Well, they're Northern... Air quotes. They're Northern Super Late Models, so that means they're Pro Late Models. Yes. Because <laughs> I think they're crate cars, right? Like 604s and stuff. And a very crate and probably a small spec motor. Yeah, mild built motor, something like that. Yeah. There's yeah. no built motors. Not a spec motor is not really a A spec motor is a crate motor you build yourself. The pro communism stocks. Pretty much. So all time win I you know, we really gotta look this up. The Trotsky Pro stocks. <laughs> real stock. supers would go faster than a cup car there because they have built motors <laughs> they got big old honkers I'm trying to find the list of people who have won races at New Hampshire Motor Speedway in all divisions I don't know if I can find that to be honest with you but uh, I do believe that it's all time win leader at that racetrack is Eddie McDonald uh, he led the field to green, but and he was up front just all race long. I mean, how can you how can you count out the guy who's won the most races there? You know what I mean? Or is he tied going in? I don't even remember, but he's won at least ten races there. Um, Corey Hall, Max Cookson, Derek Griffith—they were all strong. They would all battle at the front for the lead as well. I think the race was. There's a few lead changes. There was a few lead changes, yeah. Even a few three wides there for a while. It was actually a pretty decent race. Yeah, Derek Griffiths didn't end up on his roof. It was pretty good. That was a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Derek. He had a he had the season from hell last year, I swear. Uh so let's see here. The race was very clean. That was like one yellow for a spin on the backstretch, pretty much right at the halfway break. Uh but as it ran on, Eddie Mack just kept pulling away. Just saved his stuff for the end. And uh, I don't quote me on this again. I think it was at least his 11th win at New Hampshire Motor Speedway. The guy's won in everything except for, like, trucks and Xfinity Cup. He's won in pass. He's won in ACT. He's won in the Bush North Series. Uh, He's won everything at that racetrack. So 
it's cool to see uh, Eddie Mac get one again. All right. Tour Type Mods took to the track next. They had a decent car count. It was about 20. I think uh, the last couple iterations of this, they didn't have quite the car counts. It was like 8 and then 12, and I think now it's like 20, almost 20. They pay some good money to win, and it's uh It's not a, a long race. Ride. Yeah. It's like 50 laps. It's probably a, you know, a handful of grand to win, 5 to 7. I can't remember how much it is, but it's a 50-lap race. You don't have to pit, you know. And I don't know if they have restrictor plates. Um, I got I, word the last time that they didn't. So, I don't think they did because you would have seen more uh, Talladega stuff because yeah, that's true. It's there is only really like five guys up at the front swapping the lead. It during most of the race it was Swanson, Bello, McKennedy, Misservi, and uh, Nocella. Yeah. So it's funny that when you take the restrictor plates off, it tends to string out a little more, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit, but there was still a lot of drafting and passing. Yeah, it's still it's still going they to matter. S- they still have that rear spoiler that's stood up like ninety degree angle that acts like a wicker bill, so they get yeah. plenty of draft coming off that thing. Yeah, it helps. Yeah. It helps to slow them down. They don't need the plate, but they can still pass. So they still put on a damn good show. If they had more cars, you know, if more people took to it and maybe used it as a practice session for when the tour goes there, I forget if they go twice this year or just once for the NASCAR tour. I forgot the schedule. Uh, I don't know if they actually go there for the McKennedy tour. said they did in Victory Lane. Spoiler alert, John McKennedy won. But I'm certain they go there. Uh, uh, don't quote me on that, uh, whether it's t- once or twice. But all right, where are we at? Riverhead, Lee, Seekonk, Riverhead, Wall, New Hampshire. One, July 15th, they July go there 15th. for Mohegan okay, Sun so 100. They do. Okay. Lancaster, Thompson, Monadnock River. Oh, we go back up one. Oh, go back down. Sorry, I went too far. North Wilkesboro. Hey, look at that. Yep. Oh, yeah, they're they're on track through that. They're gonna waste tires yep. there. No, That's they're gonna, gonna be go great. Yeah. Oh, so they only go once. Yeah, they only go once. Okay, I wasn't sure whether they went once or twice, but that's the newly minted Mohegan Sun 100. Yeah, that they have enough races. Yeah, you know, yeah they yeah. have 16 races. That's a lot of traveling. Costs are up. 16's enough. That's fine. That's they're, enough. I still think they're going to turn that into the new K&N series where it eventually turns into a bunch of rich kids from down south whose daddies just write a check. And Where is ruins. that different than now? <laughs> I mean, what, you like still at least series? have Bonsignor and Kobe and Silk and all those guys. Right. I think the ARCA series and the truck series are definitely going down that path. Yeah. yeah the well, truck series I'm is a... really degrading fast, and the ARCA series has been gone for... Ever since they changed the damn name from Bush North, so <laughs> let's be fair. Yeah, you know, I'm just afraid by de-regionalizing the modified tour, that's the path it's going to go eventually. Could be right. Yeah. That's, yeah, and that's unfortunate, but I really think that we're not going to see that type of thing. I think you'll see it more go towards the Arca series. They're probably going to try to keep that afloat as much as possible, even if the car counts suck, just because. I don't know why, but they consider that to be more of a stepping stone than modifieds because they're more stock car oriented. So I could be wrong. That was a heck of a finish, though, for those uh, for that modified race. Oh yeah, my gosh! I mean, watching Anthony Bello gave it a gave it a real good shot. I mean, with less than ten to go, it was literally a two horse race, right? Yeah. So it was yeah. Bello and McKennedy. Bello separation there. Bello's in that Jensen one seventy nine car. And McKennedy's in his normal 79 car, so it was 
basically two cars of the same number. Um, and they're basically gone. You know, they're that's it. It's just down to those two. And then something happens. Woody Pitcat spins off a two with two to go, brings out a caution. I don't even know what team he was racing for. I don't even recognize the car. You don't know. It was, it was some 66 yeah, car, but it wasn't a solid. I'm not sure whose car that was. It must be up north or. I don't. He posted about it. I didn't recognize it, so I'm like, oh, maybe they're a new team. I don't have any clue. So I anyway. thought it was a Stalamito car at first when I saw the 66. Yeah. Then I looked into it. I'm like, it's not his. Hmm. Hmm. It was weird. So, um, yeah, and seeing Woody spin was atypical as well. I didn't see what happened. There was no replay. You see, that's a, yeah, that's what so. ticks me off about one one of the main things is they have two cameras. This, the the guy at the switch switching between the two is always late, mm-hmm. and they always miss it right right. They always get it right after it's done, and then there's no replay. Right, which sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Which I understand it, it the point is moot if you have it on demand because your replay is the scroller on the screen. But we're watching it live. This is a this is a live world, okay? Or so, at least it is in our mind. Yeah. This isn't this isn't a VHS tape where we can rewind shit. Let's get with the live program here. Fair. But anyway, that brought out the caution with two to go. It was green white checker, basically. Um so that tightened the field up quite a bit. Nocella tried to make something happen, but it ended up being down to McKennedy and Nocella anyway. Uh, they came through the last last two corners for the white flag, and Bello kind of dropped back a hair, but then he got that big run, timed it really well, got to make a move in turn three on the last lap on McKennedy to the bottom. Stafford will sue me if I say it's the bottom shot, but yeah. They haven't trademarked that yet. It's not, no, not yet. Not okay. like the SK trademark copyright. <laughs> okay, so he, he he chucked it in underneath McKennedy, and I thought they were just going to wreck, but he just doored the shit out of him. But McKennedy didn't waver. Uh, he kept the run, kept it straight, kept his momentum, came back on the top side, got back around Bello. Bello didn't make any weird moves after that or nothing. They just drag raced to the line. You see, Bello gave him enough. It gave him a hard shot, but it, it didn't drive him into the outside wall coming off a of four anything like it that. It didn't drive still, him into the marbles either. Still had enough. It was a big hit. He, like yeah. they they hit pretty solid, but I guess it wasn't enough to knock either one of them offline. McKennedy was just able to motor right back around the outside, keep the momentum up. So McKennedy would win that race. He didn't say anything mean about. Bello no, they hugged it out in they, victory lane. Yeah, they hugged it out. It was they a hard race. They hugged it out in victory and, lane, and no one said a bad thing about the other driver. Nope. No Got hard chalk feelings. Got chalked up to good hard racing. It was no hard feelings, and no one everybody, died. Everybody walked away with a trophy, and we're good to go. Yeah, that was awesome. That was a great finish. Yeah, fantastic finish. It was worth the price of admission. All right, ACT. This is where my notes kind of trail off because I got a little bit late before the show started. <laughs> so I was trying to take notes on three things at once. I had YouTube going on my computer. I had the TV in the office going. Oh, man. I was taking notes at two races at once trying to get this show together. But ACT, I want to run this race someday. But a- ACT showed up with 36 cars taking the green. That's a damn good showing. Yes. That was another kind of bigger money race. Yeah. And uh, that's yeah. their. Uh, season opener, I believe, and their second race of the season is going to be coming up in two weeks at the Stafford Spring Sizzler. For the first time in 30 years, the ACT is going to come back to Stafford. That's pretty exciting. I want to go see that 
but I don't know if I can because I work those days. So I'll I'll check the schedule. Maybe I'll go run straight up Route Nine, get up to uh, I eighty four, and see if I can get up there. Yeah, well, no, that's a, this was another one where there was a lot of a, a lot of three wide type of racing. Yeah, a lot of it. It seems like New Hampshire is kind of like an even bigger version of Thompson, where you have to race the middle of the racetrack. Yeah, guys would get a run coming off the off the corner, get underneath somebody, but they just kind of die out a little bit. They need that momentum off the higher side, and once and once guys start figuring out, they're going to be fighting for the middle groove a lot harder as it's, future races go on. Yeah, it's one of those racetracks where you can kill your momentum easily, yeah. but you can also, if you time it right, you can build momentum and you can build big runs coming off. It's it's a flat racetrack that's kind of hard to race, but it's also something that you can still race on if you got one of these types of cars. It's, it's who owns the middle lane. Yeah. yeah. But you can if you have a good car, you can still make stuff happen once in a while, which is kind of interesting. So, all right, you're going to have to carry this one because I didn't get to see much more than it the was, opener and the, the very last lap, I think. They there say there is a lot of good racing up and through and even after the break. I just know that Derek Guchaki and uh, DJ Shaw and Tommy Carey were easily the class of the field. They were, and Tom Carey was making a real strong run at the end of it, and he came up about a half a car short. Yeah. Yeah, he was catching them pretty strong. and But uh, Derek had enough to win it. it was, that was another one where he had a good finish. What the another hell? Another lap, he might have had him. What the hell is that claymation character? Is it Yukon Jack, the lumberjack from the... Rudolph movie or something like that? Is that what the hell his name I is? I think so, yeah. That's what Tommy Carey reminds me of. Yeah, I think that's who you're talking about. A ginger I'm... lumberjack with flannel. Hang on, I'm going to look it up. <laughs> Yukon Jack, Rudolph. Am I wrong? Yukon Cornelius. The... No, it's Yukon yeah, Cornelius. Cornelius. Yeah, that's it. Okay, that's it. Yukon Cornelius. Anybody who, who knows. Which is a much funnier name. Oh, it's much better, yeah. I'm like, what the hell is that? What am I thinking of here? You know? And what's funny is I know I said that to my wife the other day when I was watching highlights. I'm like, he looks like Yukon Cornelius. <laughs> totally blanked when it comes to the show, though. That's pretty typical. Yeah. But anyway, Missed go Google. Whisker. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google Yukon Cornelius, and you'll see Tommy Carey's face. I, I swear to God. <laughs> He's got that full ginger beard going. Full. It's magnificent. So anyway, who won that race? It was... Uh, it was Gluchaki. Derek Bukaki won? Yeah, he won. Okay. Yeah. yeah, he did. I'm glad he races Thompson as well as the ACT because he is ACT-level talent, and he brings up a lot of the guys around here. Which is an, a touring series, so it's kind of cool to see a local guy, a local yeah, racer calls at home the yeah the guy, the man in the series. Because usually, usually you'd see guys with ACT cars like at Seekonk or Thompson or Waterford or whatever, and you see them go out and try to race on the tour, and they just get smoked. You know what I mean? And uh, But you got guys like Derek who races locally, but he goes out on the tour and can win. It's like it's it brings up the talent level of everybody else because they have a marker that they can go chase, and they can make themselves better trying to beat him. You know what I mean? So it brings up the talent of everybody around them. So it's nice to see him. Before the street stocks went out, they were down one car, definitely. Did you see that smash? I think it's on my screen now. But Yeah, Jesse's sharing his screen. Yeah, that but blue 17 of, I think, Tim Reynolds or something. 
I know it. Yeah, I didn't get his name completely, yeah, but but it is that thing will turn to the left a lot. That thing a is a lot, lot freaking smoked. It is a banana. It's a taco. I mean, banana is actually more accurate. Look at that thing. Oh my god, that poor guy. That looks like a nice car too. It, it looks like, like a, a nice like car. A nice car, brand friggin' new. He hit both Past ends. Tense. He oh. hit he hit both ends so hard it bent the roof. Like oh, front man. and rear gone. Might as well just build a new one. If you're gonna put clips on both ends, you might as well just start over. Oh no. That thing looks like it raced Talladega. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, you don't hit light at even, New Hampshire. Even with the even with what is it, the safer barrier? Yeah, they have safer barriers. Yeah. Ask Does that thing have an offset cage? It very well Look could. I'm, I, it is now. I'd have to zoom in on it, but I. <laughs> it is now, yeah. But it looks very offset. That's <laughs> that's an interesting design. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I I can't tell. It's tough. There's to a see. lot of pro trucks there's a lot down of, here that are built that way. It, it might be. It depends. There's on a lot the of different rules around here. Track. So yeah. So. That just sucks. He wrecked it in the heat race, and it was like the last lap of the heat race too, which sucks Ugh. so bad. That's unfortunately the risk you take when you take these cars to places like New Hampshire or Bristol. Like New Hampshire is far better than Bristol, though. I'll be fair. There's a lot more escape paths at at New Hampshire than there is at Bristol. You wreck, yeah, you, you wreck there, you you're going to crash get at killed. Bristol. You die. Yeah, pretty much. Well, oh yeah, man, same that's thing a, about ugh. same thing about friggin' that that place. Oh, what so again, Jesse's going to have to carry us. I didn't get well, to see I mean, the street there was stock a, race. There wasn't too too much. I think uh, I think Ryan Waterman started on the pole and he had a huge plus minus from the heat race. Yeah, and because well, he started like start. yeah. he started like last in the heat race and ended up like second. Yeah. So, so that's a big plus minus. I mean, he started. Yeah, by the way, and his car was flying. By the way, the plus minus system, the ACT and those guys do a lot of things right. Plus minus is not it, because you're basically penalizing people off a random draw who drew well in their heat race. Now they have zero chance of starting up front because they'll never get a plus minus out of it. Right, and then the f- if you do it all off a random draw, and then maybe and then start you've heads already up with the it, cars in the heat race, and then start and heads up with an invert. Yeah, well, there you go. You've already started all the. You already got the fast cars out of the way in the heat race. They're do all a, sorted out in the heat race, so they all start up front, and then they're going to win anyway. So do a pill really draw. Do a pill draw for the invert six, eight, or ten. Have the pole sitter or zero. Or, or or zero. Yeah, whatever. Six, eight, ten, or zero, and have the pole sitter or whoever's supposed to be on the pole pick that and that's the most fair way of doing it everything's random i mean you know and they are sandbagging and stuff you know right that's why you do a random pill draw yeah random invert for the feature random pill draw invert yeah but the plus minus i just i've never liked the plus minus it screws the people who get put up front in the heat race it screws them over his car was handling it was honking down the straightaway absolutely and, and chris watson i think started fourth or whatever, and he had he was he was he got up to second pretty good, and but uh, not catching seventy five, he was gone. Yeah, that car gone. was absolutely hooked up. I think he, I think at the end of the race, he was putting several tenths, <laughs> lots of. Tenths. I, I saw many laps that were seven to eight tenths a lap faster than P two at the end of that race. Yeah, 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 that that's one of those things. So I think he lapped up to. Ace place or something. Even, I don't even know. 
eighth place, I think. It was kind of like the mini stock feature a little bit in well, the same way. Yeah, they've been going up there since this, this thing started and since they tried it before a few years ago. And, and Chris um, Watson was last year's winner. Yep, Chris Watson had another good run, but he uh, came up short this year, which is fine because he already won it. Uh, <laughs> and I'm, I'm not a share the wealth kind of person, but it's okay. So he had a good run. Car came back in one piece. But yeah, kudos to Ryan and those guys. They put a hell of a race car together. And uh, I know I was out in practice at Thompson against that car. And I'm like, I know they want to take this thing to New Hampshire. I'm just going to give him all the room in the world because that thing's just going to honk by me anyway. Because yeah, I got a reg- I got a regular ass I got a regular ass Thompson car. You go right ahead. <laughs> yeah, it's going by. Yeah, go by me, just please. So that I'll, was about it for that. For, I'll figure for, it out. I think. And yeah, they they closed out the show, so that was it for for the Northeast Classic. Yeah. I'm again. I'm getting yeah. hints that there's going to be a fourth one next year. We're seeing car counts come up. We're seeing interest come up. Again, if you're a fan and you're from this area, like where we're from, we're from eastern central Connecticut. It's two hours to go to New Hampshire Motor Speedway. To be fair, two hours is really not that far. I'll drive two hours to Lebanon Valley, you know, but I drive for a living, so two hours is really not that big a deal. And I know we got a lot of truckers listening on the show, and they uh, they laugh at how long I drive every day. So um, it's great. It's a great place. There's not a bad seat in the house if you sit up high enough. Prices are good. Bring your own damn food if you want to. I don't care. Go watch racing. It's fun. Anyway, all right. Why don't we get to... uh, I don't think there was anything else uh, local, but like I said, I'd mentioned before that Stafford will be starting up in, I believe, two weeks for the Spring Sizzler. I think it's a Friday and Saturday. Don't quote me on that, please. Um, It's called show prep. God damn it. (laughs) People need to know by now, if you're a longtime listener of the show... Number one, we do a hell of a lot of things off the cuff. Number two, we don't edit the show. You have an 8.5-ounce calendar in your pocket. It's also my notepad, which is what I'm using to prepare for the show, which I didn't add this part in. (laughs) I suck so bad. Oh, my God. All right, the duel. Saturday and Sunday, April 29th and 30th. Oh, it's Saturday, Sunday. I would expect nothing less, to be fair. (laughs) <laughs> the only reason I said Friday, Saturday is because the, uh, what is it, the end of the year, the fall final was Friday, Saturday, I think, because they ran two different shows each night. So I sure don't it's the fall final or the or the championship night. No, fall, fall final, final's we been mean bef- at this time. The fall final is before the champions night for some reason, because it's not the actual final. It's the fall penultimate. Yes. So that, that doesn't roll off the tongue as well as fall final, so. Right. The fall penultimate. Yeah, that doesn't work. So Penultimate. <laughs> what a weird word. Anyway, yeah, so uh, Saturday, Sunday. Then uh, I'm going to have to check that schedule. Maybe I'll go Sunday. We'll have to see. Maybe unless they're running street stocks on Saturday, and then I'm going Saturday because that's all I'm really interested in. They have in. event info if you show prep. <laughs> You're on the street, website. I'm just Street stocks are always the best. The street stocks are on Saturday, April 29th. Oh, wait. Let me see. What's on? Oh, damn it. The screen moved because they have a new website that's fancy. It just says actors. I know, but let me see that's that next one, the next slide there. I want to see the actual day schedule. Act late. Oh, Saturday is act late models and limited late models and streets. Oh, so all the Fender cars are Saturday? Yes. Oh, except for Vintage All-Stars. Hopefully they run last so I can go home early. Yes. They have um, open mod dual one. 
and open mod dual too. So it's not, it's oh, so I do get open mods. The only thing I'm sorry, Stafford, I'm not a big modified guy. I, I like fenders more. You can have your. Mod- I love modifieds. They're I love awesome. modifieds. Don't get me wrong. I'm just a more of a fender guy. So I'm really kind of interested in the street stocks and the ACT race. Guarantee the ACT race is probably going to be a taxi cab fest, maybe. But um, I, I still love they have them. Great motors. Yeah, it is. No, no music. I know. Let's, let's, music. Yeah. Well, the street stocks do as well, but they put on a better show because they have, you know power that outpowers the tires so it puts on a better show anyway yeah that's again that's my personal belief so maybe i'll go saturday and watch sunday on flow racing if you don't have a subscription to that you should get it because there's a ton of good stuff on there because uh, what they got thunder road they got stafford they got all sorts of dirt racing they got oswego oswego yeah they got a lot of good stuff on flow i wish seacock was on flow but then again it would give me more incentive to go there. All right. I wish Flow had a picture-in-picture picture type feature or something. Watch all have, one track at once? Yeah, I have, a, I have a hard time on Thursday nights with Thunder Road in Marshalltown out in Iowa because Marshalltown, if nobody's ever watched that place, that is the most fantastic quarter-mile quarter dirt track in the entire world. I don't care what you say. That place puts on some insane racing. I wonder if you can open up two tabs and cast one tab to one screen and one tab to another screen. Hmm. Maybe on your Chromecast. Maybe you could do like I do and have You're multiple. Still in. I have like three screens in my office. And I could put one on the TV and one on the computer and one on my laptop. If it allows me to log in at all of them at once. Anyway, whatever. Get Flow. It's great. <laughs> no, we're not on it and they're not paying us. All right, let's go to national stuff uh, because we got a lot of talking points to go over, especially in the truck race for how short it was. All right. Rain delayed the start and gave NASCAR the opportunity to try out the whole quote-unquote short track wet weather package. Okay, it lasted about, what, 35 laps? Yeah, exactly. And then they changed over to slicks. Uh, Because the tires were wearing out and there was fall off. Weird. Even you though, see the marbles on the oh, top of the race. It was great. There's a lot of marbles. It was great. Then the tires were wearing out, but they weren't really worn out. Did you see them when they came off? They still had tread. They were fine. I don't know. I, I don't make they the rules. They just got hard. I don't know. Nah. The poor little daddy babies with the written checks can't handle real racing. Well, They have to drive their slot cars. Here's the thing about the whole wet weather package now that we've seen it implemented. Um, they get out, they get out and they can quote unquote dry the track while still racing, but that doesn't dry off pit road. So they sat under caution for a half a goddamn hour and waited for the jet dryers and everybody to blow pit road off. And then they, I swear to God, they were under caution for like 20 or 30 laps. They were out there forever. And so then they finally come down and they do non-competitive pit stops to put slicks back on. And then by the time that's all said and done, now they finally go racing. It's like, well, what time did they really save by doing this? They I have a great solution. They probably could have dried the track in all that time they wasted riding around under caution before they even started the race. So what was Take, the point? That, that place is so small. Take two of the jet dryer or the air titans, run them side by side, clean off the main racing groove of the track. Who cares about down against the wall? It doesn't matter. Take the other one and have it running up and down pit road while those two are out there. 
And then once those two make one lap, have them come down pit road, finish drying pit road, roll the trucks. Like a Zamboni. There's no reason to run 47 fucking yellow flag laps. Like I said, what did they really gain? They well, gained downtime is what they gained. Well, I don't think they gained anything. It sounds like they lost stuff. Well, to be fair, I saw a quote from uh, Timmy Hale, okay? And he radioed to his team. He says, did it really just cost us $2,400 to dry the track off? Yes. <laughs> yes. That's essentially what it, it was. They they had to buy two sets of wet weather tires to start the weekend. So it was like more like five grand, but they didn't yeah. use a set. So, they didn't make it through two sets. Yeah, they didn't make it through two sets, so they used up a set. So there goes twenty five hundred bucks. I think that's Even what it cost, right? Cup tires are like four grand, I think. Something like that. Some astronomical number. Some ridiculous number. Which is crazy because I believe what Goodyear does anyways, they collect all those tires, melt them down, reuse the materials, and right. recycle them and build new tires out of them. Like I believe they you collect already- all of them, yeah. Yeah, why why does it cost so much for a set of tires? Is it just because it's the Cup Series? Are they made of platinum or gold or diamonds? Like, what the hell? It sounds like the health insurance system. They just upcharge everything. <laughs> yes. There's a lot of cost to develop them and all kinds of new shit. Yeah, but it uh, can't cost that much. Anyway, all right. Um, so I'm ag- I'm in agreement with Timmy Hill. This is just stupid. We've never run in the rain unless it was a road course. Oh, and the and lights, the, the the road racing lights. Those were annoying as hell. They didn't Did, need them. Yeah, they should have put a warning up. Do not watch if you have suspect to epileptic seizures. Yeah. There's all I'm watching is them come through the corner. They got the camera in in the turn on the top of the wall, and it's just like. A laser, it's a Pink Floyd show going through the turn. All I see is red flashing lights. I'm like, I can't watch the race. There's just flashing lights everywhere. Like, what is going on here? I don't know. It's just NASCAR trying to create excitement <clears throat> even more where it doesn't exist. So they're just, it's, it's just another opportunity. It's just another opportunity for them to try to wreck race cars for excitement. That's all it really is to me. They don't need the help. No, they really don't, especially in the truck series. Good God. No, you have Carson Hosevar out there. And Stuart Friesen. Yes. Because uh, it looked to me like later on, Stuart Friesen got a uh, left rear tire cut while racing with Chase Purdy late in uh, second stage. And it looked to me like he spun on purpose to cause a caution. But I doubt there's going to be any penalty. He made it look good if it was on purpose. No, he didn't. <laughs> I knew. <laughs> he didn't make it look as good as somebody else later on that we'll talk about. Um. So, yeah, there's that. But the big, I think the big story here was uh, 84 to go. We'll get into this one. This is going to be fun. Taylor Gray, I think it was Taylor Gray. There's two Grays. I get confused as to who's which. Uh, Carson Horseface of R and oh. Matt DeBrin. Well, let's let's rewind it for, uh, uh, <laughs> rewind that a couple a couple laps, like 10 laps before then. He got I into watched a the highlights. Match. Yeah, I watched He got the into a pissing match it, with, yeah. the one, with the one truck. A little bit too. He turned hard He's the left. One truck again. Uh, William Swallow, Swallow Bitch. I don't know what his name is. That's I a thought, good one. I thought he ran the twenty four truck, or is that his late model number? That's his late model number for Donnie Wilson. Oh, okay. No, it's William Swalich or Swalich. Swallow. I, I call him Swallow Bitch. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, Swallow Bitch. I don't know what it but is. But yeah, he got into a pissing match with them because he because he dared try to go underneath Carson while they was three wide. Mm. 
and he turned hard left into him 10 laps before. Mm-hmm. And it almost spun him out. I mean, he didn't do it in the quarter panel. He he was actually half a truck under. He was half a truck in front of him. Hmm. So he, so he cowled him, or yeah, he cowled him. It was he got up alongside of the cow, and then he turned hard left into. into Tell you what, that's truck. really effective. If anybody really wants to know, <laughs> I, I did that to Scott Sundin one night. Guarantee he never touched my car again. I did it to Jeff just because I wanted his lane. <laughs> I was coming out of two. I had a big head of steam. I'm on the top side. I've got poor buddy Jeff Pan Jeff Van Pelt below me, and I just I'm like, if I cowl him right now, I can take that spot and get by this guy on the outside. So I just boop <laughs> drove him into the infield. He comes up to me after the race. What the hell was that? I said, I'm sorry. I used you for a pick. I just I just moved you out of the way. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, bro. It should have been beaten. I'm like, if you if you spun me out, I would never have been mad at you, I said. I'm like, I knew it would have been coming because I would have done it to myself. I never would have blamed you for it. So so anyway, yeah, cowling someone really works well. Go ahead. So, yeah, he he, uh, he did that 10 laps before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and then and then this happened. Wonderful. Yeah, so then he went, and then 10 laps later, uh, what was that? Yeah, the, the gray just gets a little bit inside, probably had a little bit of poking. There was ba- nothing major. It was literally racing contact, dude. It, yeah, and a little bit of door contact, and he tried to like drop a nuclear bomb on him. It's the equivalent of accidentally bumping somebody in a crowded bar, and then having that guy pull out a gun and shoot you in the face. Pull out a shotgun. What bl- the <laughs> fuck for, man? What a waste! Like if somebody, somebody needs to right rear Josevar so he knows what it's like, and preferably into the dog leg at Charlotte. Oh, that's a good spot. Ooh. Ooh. He'll Ooh. learn his lesson really fast. Ooh, that's, Ooh. A, that's, a, that's a bad spot. Tough crowd. Ooh, that's a good spot, too. But I, I don't like that kid at all anymore. He could fucking die tomorrow, and I wouldn't care. Out, even more tougher crowd. But any, like I said... Um, He's a clown. If, if Taylor Gray made that kind of door contact with me, I'd be like, ooh, tight racing here, and just keep driving. Yeah. That's literally all I would think. If he... If he drilled me and shoved me into the Benedetto and ran both of us in the wall, I'd be like, okay, now you're going to get hit. But, like, it was racing contact. He's going for every square inch he's got. He gave him, you know, a decent amount of room. Yeah, he got into him a little bit, but he pulled back down. And then the kid just unplugs and just tries to wreck him. It's like, wh- why are you out here? If that's your and reaction. And then himself. Yeah, and wrecks himself. It's If that's your reaction, we've said it millions of times on the show. If that's your reaction, I don't care what happened to you before because obviously you're still driving. Like, you're still racing. There's nothing that happened that bad to you to warrant that kind of a response. Oh, boy. You see, I liked Carson Hosevar when he was uh, Sam on Freaks and Geeks and when he was the kid that didn't speak in waiting until the very end. And And he did the goat. And then he did the goat in front of everyone. Yeah, I liked him better there. The goat is a move. He didn't actually like do dirty things with a goat. That's not how no, it works. No, that's okay. He's got the most punchable face in the world, yeah. too. Who? Carson Hosevar or John Francis Daly? <laughs> Hosevar. Hosevar. <laughs> but like, like I said, you if, can't unsee that if you Google it. I wish this was a visual show. I know. But anyway, if that's your reaction to 
body contact, doesn't matter how frustrated you are with how your race has gone or what's happened to you previously. If that's your reaction is to try to completely destroy somebody, don't race a car or a truck. Don't race anything. Just don't. You, you shouldn't. This isn't for you. Take up marathon running. Take up, you know, stamp collecting. Take up antiquing. Take anything else except for this. Take any any sort of aggression out of your lexicon or your actual, like... Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I, should say, I should have said habits. Take it out of your habits. There, there was someone on Twitter I saw that said he belongs serving burgers at a McDonald's drive-thru. And I said, absolutely not, because he'd get mad and throw the drink at somebody for telling him their order's wrong. You know who's uh, <laughs> Carson Hosevar's protege, who his uh, mentor is? Oh, God, it's got to be someone bad. No. It's, shot, it's Johnny Benson Jr. Really? Yes. Wow, that's surprising. He's a Michigan guy. I thought Johnny was a Mainer. No, he's from Michigan. Oh. And, uh, yeah, he's... Uh, Carson Hosevar's parents, they bought they bought an old race car off of Johnny Benson when he was, like, 12. Oh, when so, Carson was 12. <laughs> yeah, when Carson was 12, yeah, he has a... Yeah, so... Ooh, that was ugly. After that, they, he became, quote-unquote, his mentor, which probably means he probably spent more money than God flying him in and out of races to be his oh, personal trainer. Oh, I'm sure. I am sure. His parents own a, a sports card, coins, and, and gold, and silver, and jewelry shop. I wouldn't uh, even trust platinum. him to drive the fucking pace car. He'd try and wreck the tow truck. They literally sell gold. You'd be like that guy at the Indy 500. They buy and sell gold <laughs> bullion. They got a lot of money. Uh, yeah, they do. They probably deal with international accounts. So, yeah, yeah. And so it, it kind of shows, I think, you know, when you're starting to put kids in outlaw super late miles, similar to what you're driving, actually, Phil. Outlaw. Yeah, Body-wise, that's about the only similarity. Yeah, yeah, outlaw. A little faster, things, yeah. You know? Uh, yeah. They got, at, they got a big honking motor and coilovers. And at 12. Yeah. Yeah. At 12. Yeah, that, this thing. There's, a late mile at Berlin Raceway. He's the prime example of a la- Hey, we scored again. Yeah, he's, he's a prime example of zero responsibility through rich bougie parents. That's it. Basically, yeah. Not Burgoy's parents. Not yeah, not that. Not no, those not are that. those are nice people. Not They can't afford outlaw <laughs> super late miles. Yeah, no. 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 It's lack of that res- is yeah, an insult. lack of responsibility through status. So it's it sucks, and there's a lot of those kids in racing, and it just takes a it, yeah, it yeah. degrades the quality of entertainment by reducing the amount of oh, respect that too. fans actually have for the sport. Private school trained and everything, you know. What did you expect? I mean, Jesus Christ! I mean, he, he never had a chance not to be a douche. Well, parents. He, you could say that, but he's a human being and he has his own. At this point, yeah. You know, it's, I think he's over 18, so. He, they are capable of independent thought and. Uh, free will now. Free will, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. I always tell everybody I know that talks shit about someone or something, like how they were brought up and says, oh, that's, that's just how they were brought. No, that's. You, you choose how you want to be. Mm-hmm. True, but I so. mean, if you if you're smoking a cigarette while filling up a can of fuel, and <laughs> that fuel can blows up, 
it's not a shock either. Right. We were talking about this last week with the whole Ware family. You know, abuse is a learned trait, and um, yep. some people are capable of breaking the cycle, and those people are capable because they have oh, yeah. free will. Which, so, by the way, uh, that dumbass got out on bond and then violated his bond. Was that what happened? I thought he just <laughs> yes. came back because he was supposed to be for court or something. Get the fuck out. That doesn't make sense to me, though. Yeah, I heard he violated his bond like an idiot. Gee, I wonder what he did. <laughs> probably went back and he went threatened to go her. Back and choked him. He probably went back and threatened her for having, for calling the cops on him. That's probably what happened. No, he went back. To, I'm sorry. It's like, that oh, oh yeah, she probably had bipolar a, son of a bitch. I've you know ever what? seen on Twitter. It could be that too because she probably filed a temporary restraining order, which they will grant for a specific amount of time. And he probably went back while that was still active, and the cops hooked him up for it. So even if he didn't Very do any, even if he didn't do something stupid, that's probably what happened. But anyway, we're not here to speculate. So, although we do plenty of that, anyway, <laughs> we'll move into the Xfinity series once I open my notes back up because phone life. They were at Martinsville as well. Did you guys see the? Uh, Twitter exchange from Alpha Prime Racing about Joe Graf. This was Twitter gold. I did not, please. <laughs> because you don't have Twitter, obviously, but it's worth it I to mean, have I just saw a lurk. It, but... <laughs> uh, one of their drivers, I think it's Ryan Ellis, they have, what, two or three cars for Alpha Prime? I think it's 43, 44, 45 cars. And um, apparently there was an incident where... Uh, Ryan Ellis got put in a wall, or at least caught up in a wreck with Joe Graff Jr. And the Twitter account posts a picture of him coming down pit road, and he says, "We got, we just got absolutely Joe Graffed." <laughs> There's another tweet that says, uh, "Joe Graff Jr. DNF hashtag NASCAR seventy five hashtag Before You Dig two fifty. So they said scheduled tweet, which is something that we say all the time about the same person, which is quite funny. And then at the end of the race, they said, for those curious, Ryan Ellis and Joe talked it out after the race. Drivers get competitive, and so do the admins of the social media accounts. We move. There was on. actually a really good video of that, too, of Ryan and Joe Graff standing by the wall talking, kind of laughing a little bit. Like, they got over it. I get it. I I respect that. Yeah, and the admins. I, I respect Joe for going over and, and talking about it and figuring out what the problem was and not letting it be a Twitter beef. Yeah. And the admins, they're defending their team. They're just a little yep. bit, a little bit quick behind the trigger, but it made for some entertainment. So. I can't, yeah. You know. I don't like Joe graph, but you got to watch the replay sometimes and I'll call a spade a spade. Yeah, it is. You know, as at least they figured it out and they squashed it before anybody else really got involved to kind of stoke the flames. So they said, all right, that's enough. You know what I mean? All right, let's do... Uh, John Hunter Nemechek made it a point to drive into every car he got underneath. And uh, <laughs> thumbs down, yep. Be it Cole Custer or his own teammate, Sammy Smith, he refused, seemingly, to hold a line and just made as much contact as he possibly could or wanted to. To me, it was kind of a piss-poor attempt to have any sort of racing tact. Uh, like I said, I watched the race and any time... Any time he got near somebody, he was in their door. Any time. 
It was just some drivers. It was frustrating to watch. Some drivers just have really strong magnets in the side of their door. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Did we just get scored on? Yes. Yeah. Well, two goal lead is the uh, most dangerous lead in hockey, I guess. Right. Oh, oh yeah, the lead I'd really hate to have. <laughs> yeah, I'd rather be up two than one. I'd rather though. be down one. I'd rather be down two. Not rather be down two nothing than be up two nothing. Yeah. We'll be we'll be back up by two soon enough. Well, we'll see. We just got to get back on our feet. Anyway, this isn't hockey talk, even though you, if you knew us, it is. So, again, John Hunter Nemechek hitting everything on the track, like usual. John Hunter Nemechek. Yep. 29 to go. Ryan Truex forced the issue on Sammy Mayer and Riley Herbst, sending Herbst hard into the wall after contact backwards. Uh, Mayer gassed it up out of frustration and kind of piled it in the inside wall himself. Uh, killing the radiator and the rest of his night. Then again, he would pr- probably wouldn't have spun out if it wasn't for contact, obviously. Mayer then proceeded to get out of the car and gave a single bird to Martin or Martin Truex's brother. Yeah, that's who it is. It's Ryan Truex. Ryan Truex Jr.? It's not Ryan Truex Jr. either. I, I messed that one up, too. Um, he... I gotta be honest he with you. He threw it in there three cars too deep and a day and a half too late. Yeah, and had zero entry. Like he was not even there. He had the skin of his front bumper made contact with uh, Mayer's left rear, sent Mayer around, collected Herbs. Was not his fault. Herbs got the shit end of the stick. Mayer probably would have just spun out if he didn't get pissed off and floor the thing and uh, not slam the thing into the wall head on on the inside wall. His tires are smoking. He floored it. And yeah, I know. It's, oh, there's cars coming at him. He could get hit in the door. They're going the slowest that they're going to go on track. They're going 40 miles an hour. You usually don't have reason when so, you're in the middle of panic. Yeah, well, <laughs> he junked himself after getting spun out, which kind of sucked, but he wouldn't have spun out if he didn't get hit. So, again, he gave him the single bird with with thumb. So I gotta, I'm gotta i going to rate these from now on. Extended um, thumb. Like one of these? Yeah, he gave him that, and I gave him a 2.5 out of 5 on the bird. Yeah, that's rookie stuff right yeah. there. It was single. It was with the thumb out. Super mid-grade bird. It's got to be nice and strong like that. He's got to be full Josh Berry, double birds, no thumbs. Yes. With a smile. That's a 5. <laughs> Josh did all of those. He got a 5. But Mayer, single bird with extended thumb. 2.5. Sorry, kid. You got to do better on your birds. Uh, let's see. John Hunter Nemechek would dominate by winning the first two stages of the race. He then used the stupid mud flaps to set his car on fire on purpose to promote his sponsor, Pie Barker Fire and Safety Systems, which, come on, really? We all knew you did with that a, on purpose. With a car that probably needed little to no work for turnaround and fucking now it's destroyed yep well, you know it's an absolute clown no respect for his team did you see how much fire there was as well that was like the whole front stretch that officials actually had to come out after the race was over and look at the racetrack to see if there was damage and how to repair it yep i saw that is bullshit um by the way we never actually finished the truck race did you notice that <laughs> 
<laughs> Screw the truck race. 77 to go. The race was halted by rain, and they didn't use those rain tires again, and they gave Corey Heim the win. Didn't matter because he dominated the race by winning the first two stages, so it was anticlimactic, but expected as well. So I just wanted to mention that because I didn't finish, I didn't finish that at all. I turned it off and watched the Mets game. I turned Not it off and went you. to bed because I had yeah. to go to work the next day, and I didn't even yeah, want to, I I to, want to stay the... awake. You know, But I said that, and I went back to tell you that because John Hunter Nemechek did exactly the same thing, and I'm thinking to myself, two races in a row, win the first and second stage and the race. That seems boring. Why is Martinsville now boring? Well, um, Hot take. Martinsville has almost always been boring. The only real exciting parts about Martinsville is the fact that people drive into each other. To be fair, there's never really been great racing at Martinsville. It's just that nope. they drive into each other. The modifieds don't typically do that. They can build runs and pass each other, but eh, it's eh. it's well, a sh- it's it's an old short track. It's basically all it is. And to couple that with into addition of that, the newer cars now have. Bigger, larger brakes, which means they can slow the brakes down a lot quicker. There's not a lot of time on the brakes. Correct. And now there's not a lot of time when they're off the brakes either because they just grab a gear, step on the throttle, and go. They have so much. Yeah, the Cup Series, which we're transitioning into now, they have so much drive off and rear bite with that independent rear now that short track racing is it just suffers because of it because now they can't really spin the tires as much coming off. Even if they grab a gear, uh, they make any mistake. They can just use that gear to pull them back out of it, you know? So in order to pass, essentially you just have to pile the thing in there and slam the guy out of the way because it's slot car city. They can do all the things they want with the freaking aerodynamic package. Doesn't yeah. really freaking matter on a short. The track. aerodynamic, no one cares. yeah, the aerodynamic package made zero difference to the pack to the um, racing and on track product that was Martinsville for the Cup Series at least. It was just it felt exactly the same as the last time. Um, let's go through it a little bit here. Ryan Priest, local boy, would lead from the pole. It was. Oh, a, are we going to talk about the burnout at the end of? Uh, John Hunter Neiman. Oh, we did. We did. Yeah, we did. Oh, we did okay. a little bit, but it's like, oh, okay. and we kind of just glossed over it because oh, we was, thought it, it was, was stupid. It was packed. It was. It was yeah. It yeah. Was. So anyway, Ryan Priest, local boy, like I said, was uh, he got his first career pole, and he would lead from that pole to win the first stage. He got a playoff point. He led 135 total laps, which was the most of his career, and well, he, he led, led every. He led the most laps of the race as well. He led every single lap until he lost the lead. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Uh, SHR, his team, had all four cars in the top five in the first stage. So they were very strong. All right, in, let's see. In case you all didn't see any of the ads for this race, uh, Chase Elliott made his return. Oh, this is the Chase Elliott 500, I thought. I thought he sponsored the race with how 400. much? Oh, f- 400. Oh, 400. Excuse yeah, me. Our, yeah, our apologies. Um, <laughs> no, he was no factor like the whole race, but he did run all the laps. Um, they had to shorten the race for the ADD youth. Of course, because that mattered. It was also the shortest race that they've ever had there. I think it was under three hours. Um, or it was at least right around that, but they said something about it being one of the shortest races of the year. So 
or based on time. But uh, yeah, back to Ryan Priest. He and the 41 team threw their race away by thinking they could launch out of the final pit box, which wasn't actually the final pit box, because usually you can do that and not get caught speeding. Well, since they were now two pit boxes back instead of one, uh, yeah, they got caught speeding, which uh, they went to the back only 145 of the 400 laps into the race, and they would basically never recover. I mean, he would a little bit, but he would only finish 15th. Like, he never got back through the field well, in 250 laps. still the fastest laps. car in the field. It's just He'd, passing was very hard to do. Like I said. That, good. Th- that frustrated me so much, though, because they should have, at the end of stage two, at the stage break, after the penalty they had, they should have taken two tires. Mm-hmm. Track position. Try, they knew you got to play the field that is that you're playing on. You got to know what you're dealing with. Right. And they knew coming into this race, track position was going to be at a premium. Yep. Why not take the risk? The it's, way the race played out, they would have been strongly rewarded, maybe still had a chance to win the race, but instead they were stagnant the whole race. And, and to me, that falls 100% on Chad Johnston. Yeah, he's got to be more aggressive there to get that that spot back because you can't just say, oh, well, we got a fast car. We can just put four tires on it and run through the field. It doesn't work with these cars. That's all they did all race long, too. I almost shut it off at one point. I was ready to throw the freaking remote through the TV. Well, let's go through it because there's more on that later with track position and strategy. Um, let me just talk about this first. The new short track package, like we said before, didn't seem to improve the racing at Martinsville. The cars were still stuck to the track, seemingly having infinite drive on exit. Um, evidence of that was Jeff Gluck's, was this a good race poll where it ended up being 37.1% yes and 62.9% no. And what the, and, and the problem is, is that people are going to try to blame short tracks with it. Oh, you don't like short tracks? No, it's the car. 38% of people who voted on that poll were Kyle Larson fans. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, probably more of them, but anyway. Uh, Bubba Wallace got a little physical with his boss, Denny Hamlin, which I found to be quite amusing. And yeah, that was uh, kind of funny. They it? played a little bumper tag for a few corners. Eh, it was kind of no harm, no foul, though. They just kind of beat each other up a little bit because he wanted to get back on the lead lap or stay on the lead lap or whatever the hell the case was at the time. I guess Denny shipped him because he was in his way for a few laps. Oh, is that what the case was? Yeah, I guess he got hung up behind him for like 10 or 12 laps and Denny finally was like, all right, I got to go. That's fair. I mean, Ryan did that to Joey Logano early in the race, putting him a lap down. He had uh, Daniel Suarez behind him in second and they were coming up to lap people. Keep that in mind for later. And he put a lap on Joey Logano by punting him going into the corner because he had cars behind him, and he doesn't want them to do that to him. And you're going a lap down, so you're not a factor. Get the hell out of the way. So that's why he did it. Yeah, like I'm fine fighting for the position for a couple of laps, but as soon as somebody gets the nose, let him go. He's the leader. Yeah, but, well, he's trying to stay that you know on the lead lap, and he was running right in Ryan's tire track, so he just punts him. So I'm like, Whatever, dude. Get out of the way. I don't condone it, but, you know, when it's going to get done to you and you're the leader and that car's going to lap down, well, I don't feel as bad. All right. 98 to go. 
a tire came off of the 78 car, uh, Anthony Alfredo, and it took NASCAR like 30 seconds and over a lap to uh, throw the caution. I'm sitting there watching the race. I'm like, why is the caution not coming out? The flag man sitting there staring at the wheel in the track off of turn four, like up against the wall. You could see him like talking he's on the radio. He's sitting there and he's like, are we going to throw this thing or what? The committee's waiting to see if everyone made green flag pit stops, I think. That's what I... <laughs> this, isn't, Again? this isn't the third... This isn't the first time. No, nope. they were definitely pitting, I think, too, weren't they? I can't... Yeah, see. they were just at the end of a green flag cycle. Yeah, and I'm like, why is this... It's a full tire and wheel, and it's not that far I'm off I'm finding NASCAR $50,000 and 25 points for altering the outcome of a race because you didn't throw the fucking caution. Yeah. When the, when it was going to happen. You manipulated the race by omission. How about we give the flag man ultimate control like at a real track? Yeah, I mean, or at least a say. God, you got to let him you got to let him do his job sometimes and that was one of those instances where he they had the best interest of the racers in mind cuz they're sitting there staring at it like with the flag in hand and it's like, dude, let him go. Let him make the call here because that's dangerous. Who if cares somebody, about the green flag pit stop strategy? If somebody, what the fuck? Did you guys see that viral video where that car ran over that truck tire and went flying through the air, flipping on the highway? Yes. Yep. Imagine that happening to a cup car or them launching that wheel up into the grandstands. It would be the IndyCar race at whatever the hell race that was all over again. Fontana, I think. Was it Fontana or Texas? A wheel yeah, went up and yeah. killed like four people in an IndyCar race? Yeah. You know, I mean, when 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 people start to say, oh, NASCAR's rigged, NASCAR's rigged, and blah, 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 and then, you it's know, hard to argue assholes like that. Dave Moody get all bent out of shape. It's like, well, what do you think they're coming from? They're not coming from thin air. No. It's this, this bullshit. Yeah, you're sitting on a caution. I'm watching Daniel Suarez, who was leading the race at the time. I see him go by, and then I see him like come back around. And I'm like, the tire's still there. We're, what are you waiting for? Well, we're waiting on. We're waiting because somebody didn't check checklist off for whatever going to the pit stops. Was, did everybody them. make pit stops? Is everyone okay? That doesn't matter. Throw the caution. There's a wheel on the track. For God's sakes, you penalize people weeks worth of suspensions and thousands of dollars in fines when a wheel comes off because of this instance and then you don't throw the damn caution when it does happen what is going on anyway i think i quit (laughs) (laughs) around 50 to go kevin harvick lost a wheel nut on what would be the final pit stop cycle or final restart um luckily didn't lose the wheel but it killed his race because he went to the back did you see what it did to the wheel too? It like etched the entire rim out, like the outer outer wheel lip, and it, it like machined it completely off. Yeah, that was it's, crazy. I've never seen anything like that. Or actually, that was the inner lip. Yeah, but it was nuts. It just carved the thing right off. So anyway, earlier we were talking about pit strategy, and I was mentioning Joey Logano going a lap down. Well, um, it meant more for pit strategy and, um track position than performance did because Joey Logano was zero factor all day and even going a lap down more than once um, it wasn't his hair slowing him down was it? Uh, I can't. A little bit of extra drag. <laughs> I like the long one. You gotta play that one more often. Yeah. yeah. So anyway once he got his hair tucked back into his helmet <laughs> 
We haven't done it in a while. I had to do it. Um, he, like I said, went a lap down. Like I think he did more than once. But they used those late yellows in pit strategy. And by the end, he was like leading the thing. And he eventually finished second. Yeah, Kyle Larson had to get by him. Yeah. yeah was he was crazy. no factor all day. Like I said, Ryan Priest put him a lap freaking down. Maybe more than once. I don't even remember. Yeah, and if Ed Phil's right, if he got track position earlier, he could have been a factor. Yeah, he could have done the same thing and been a factor in this thing. Kyle Larson did essentially the same thing, but he was a little bit more of a factor all day. Uh, at least top ten factor, not you know going a lap down factor. Um, he did the same, got tires, and got the lead late after not really contending for the lead all day. Larson would win, and uh, honestly, the whole race, in my opinion, was not as exciting as it could have been for Martinsville, as passing was nearly impossible unless you, just, was unless you just punted the guy. And uh, it's just another example of this car, regardless of its package, just doesn't produce good short track racing. I mean, the Xfinity cars do, the trucks do, but the talent's not there. You know, it's this specific car. This was a nothing burger with a side of salad. Yeah. I mean, you. I was watching the Xfinity race. The whole race. weekend was. The whole weekend was. I mean, I was watching the Xfinity race, and I'm watching Sammy Smith absolutely huck the thing in outside of Josh Berry Who and, didn't John Hunter, yeah, and John Hunter Nemechek, and he's making hay on the outside trying to pass these guys, and I'm like, this is phenomenal, you know, because they're racing the balls out of each other. I know Barry didn't stop for tires because they're on strategy. But he managed to maintain about second or third after that run. And it's like, it was fantastic to watch those guys race each other until John Hunter Nemechek just doored everybody out of the way and went to the lead. Anyway, <laughs> stupid. All right. We actually have a couple more things to talk about after the cup race because there was an IndyCar race, and we love IndyCar. Another, another, unfortunately, it was another nothing burger, especially after the fantastic race set. Texas, they go to Long Beach and just that lay a goose egg. Fair enough, but that's a street course. We can also make another street. We can make an sucks. exception for street courses because street courses are trash. It doesn't matter which one it is; they're all trash. Monaco, Long Beach. I don't know why they went know, back to all, street courses. They're they all suck. trash. They got rid of street courses because they were garbage. The, that freaking Nashville track—that's trash. Oh my god! Wait till that one comes back. Ugh. You're gonna see a bunch of shit show wrecks there. But yeah, yeah the, the only thing about the race was potato award go full d-u-m-b retarded well in qualifying there was word circulating that um indycar had added curbs between practice and qualifying i think it was around turn five and then didn't tell anybody so people were trying to cut the curb and now all of a sudden there's like a turtle there or some kind of curb and they were high side high centering the car on the curb and just wrecking going into that corner i think it happened to like four or five guys they're like, yeah, we don't remember being told that these were being put in overnight. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, they have such a fantastic series, and they just don't know fuck all what to do with it. Now, I don't know if that was just a team issue or if IndyCar actually didn't tell them, but um, we could put it up in the air for that. First lap of the race, Elio Castroneves spun and clobbered the wall past the fountain area there. And uh, he eventually got it back With to the, the dolphins. Yeah, he eventually got it back to the pit road, and uh, they put a new nose on it. But it was pretty much over anyway. Pato Award was a freaking weapon. 
Uh, lap 20, he shouldered Scott Dixon out of the way and into the tires. It was, yeah, too, it was too yeah, too late to do that kind of a move. Yeah. The guy's already committed to the corner. Just no. doors him out of the way with an Indy car. No. Dixon would get free of the tires and he would continue, but <laughs> it was... These cars are tough, you know? You could put a new snout on them and beat the crap out of them. Yeah. They're pretty tough. Yeah, the Indy cars are uh, kind of tough for what they are. Other than that, dude. Lap 26, O'Ward tried the same thing on Kyle Kirkwood, who was the leader, and he spun himself out. In the same exact corner. I'm like, what are you doing, guy? Guy's a menace out yeah, he there. Went full potato. <laughs> well, that is his uh that is our nickname. nickname for him. Yeah. Uh Other Ky- than that. by the way, after that it was kind of, you know, set sail, whatever. This race kind of ran down. But Kyle Kirkwood went on to dominate and he became a first time IndyCar winner. Yeah, and Andre Osport needed that one. Yeah, they did. They, they had three good, cars in the top five. They needed a good rebound, and they got it. So, awesome stuff for a Florida boy. Boo! Yay, Florida! <laughs> I used to, his uh, his uncle used to be a guy that I I raced with back in the day. First, when I first started, I haven't talked to him in probably ten years. But wow, pretty pretty cool to see. That's pretty awesome. Must be his dad, Kirk Kirkwood. <laughs> He said uncle. Anyway. Um, uncle, uncle Kirk. I don't know. But uh, last note that I have is Tony Stewart won the NHRA four wide nationals top alcohol dragster portion of the event, securing his first Wally as a driver. Did he wreck everybody? I don't know. It's kind of hard to do in NHRA because you cross the center line, you're out. <laughs> he wrecks them after the, after the checker. He wrecked them. <laughs> Throws it. a handful of jacks out. Yeah. Threw his helmet after the race. Pops their tires. Yeah. Uh, most of our audience probably is too. Uh, I, I don't know what the word is. They don't know what jacks are. Oh yeah, yeah, Grandpa. What the fuck are they? <laughs> we we just dated ourselves by knowing what jacks are. I just pulled a damn little rascal's prank out of my head. Where the hell am I going? She's go back. You're, you're, it's past your bedtime, Grandpa. It's time to go home. I need my pills. <laughs> I got them right here. Oh, that's talk about the Boone your bone. County mating call. Don't talk about your bones ache and all the noises you make. I mean, is it time for depends changing time here? What the fuck? I don't know, man. It's weird being on a poop schedule still. Anyway, yeah. Aside from uh, Phil's Boone County mating call, there, I think I'm out of notes. And anybody else have any final thoughts? Go Bruins. Yeah, indeed. Go Bruins. And if not Bruins, go Islanders. I'll Eat go the with Florida that too. Why not? Cats. Yeah. <laughs> How many Panthers are actually in Florida? Aren't they endangered down there? I think there's like 76 known in the entire state. There's everything is in Florida. It's warm. You get everything. You get everything. I have physically seen one. They are terrifying creatures. They're basically a tiger. You know, they they basically are. They're like a lion. It's they're frick. They're bad huge. Kitties. Bad kitties. All right. You can find this podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find us on Instagram at Making Laps Podcast, Facebook.com slash Making Laps Podcast. You can send us some feedback. You can go to Making Laps Podcast at gmail.com if you prefer to write to us, or you can have your voice heard over at anchor.fm slash Making Laps. I mentioned earlier you might have to put a uh, Spotify profile together, but that's no big deal. If you'd like to hear it, we'll play it. Hey, there's another goal for the Bruins, and he called it. Go, Bruins. Yep, there we go. Two-goal lead, Jess. Oh, no, not that. 
God help us now, we're screwed. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at BrankLeeson01. You can find me on Insta- uh, uh Nope, you can already said that. You can find me on YouTube at YouTube.com slash BrankLeeson. I'm currently working on a video. I took a little bit of a time off after that hour-long production that I put in. Uh, you can find Phil at... At PJX Racing on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. And uh, you can find Jesse... Getting drunk at the friggin' Bruins game. Go friggin' Bruins. Fair enough. Heck yeah. All right, bud. How do we end the show? And please do it nicely. Please. I beg of you. I actually had a nap, and and I was in my... And my energy was all wasted up, but I still have some <laughs> he he got it back together for the end of the show. This isn't your life story. What do we say? And I told and I told mommy to to read to me. At, this is at bed. the boys' interview. All right, how do we end the show? Keep the door side down, stay out fence. Thank you for listening. Awesome. Thank you all. Oh, oh we didn't bad. need that. All right, thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs>